everybody, and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club, episode 21. My name is Mark Champlin, and today I'm joined by Alex Wallace. How's it going, girls and gays? I'm, I'm very happy to announce this week that if, if you do happen to be a girl or a gay, we've got a lovely feature for you tonight. We have a, we have a, 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 a romantic comedy uh, <laughs> between a, a girl named I and her girl crush, a talking elephant woman named Sally. Um, yeah, it's um, it's definitely the intersection of girls and gays. I uh, would really enjoy this movie. Yeah, it this movie's gay. Um, and I'm gonna get into how it's not. It you know, you know people, people like me, the the gays, we 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 often get accused of of reading gay themes into uh, non-gay works uh, all the time because and hey, it's because we're starved for representation. But I, I'm I'm here to argue that this is a gay film <laughs> because it's you. This, this movie do, does got lesbians in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm here I, for those arguments. You can't, you can't, whatever. Tell me about Animal Crossing. <laughs> uh, so today we watched uh, Dobutsu no Mori, which is uh, Animal Forest, which is the Japanese name for Animal Crossing. It is an anime uh, movie. This feature length and was actually a major theater release in 2006, which would have been around the time of City Folk. Uh, the Animal Crossing game that I've technically played the least, but you know, they're all kind of they're all kind of the same. Um, it was a commercial success in Japan. It made over sixteen million dollars uh, in the Japanese box office, which is which is a lot for just Japan because it wasn't an international release. One of the things that I really enjoyed about watching this was because. It was never released in English. We just watched like a fan subtitled version of it on Vimeo. And one of my favorite things about that is watching things that have been translated but haven't been localized in any way. Like it's it's just sort of like a direct translation of the words without really a lot of like there's not a lot of edit editorialization. Like usually when things are localized, you know, you take a uh, characters like Japanese regional affect and you say like all right well what is the sort of American equivalent of that sort of affect we're gonna use that <laughs> yeah. you know in, in the speech there's none of that here you know it's it's no. it's just the dialogue straight up written out and my f absolute favorite thing about that is the like parentheses part of the subtitles frantically scrambling to try to keep up with the puns and try to explain how they work as like and it goes by so fast it's just like oh well the, this sound that he's making is the japanese sound for the, the monkeys make and so then it's a pun and, but like it goes by so fast that you can't keep up with it because you know like part of the charm of animal crossing is that you know there's a lot of wordplay and like the the characters you know it, the, the writing is like a really core part of what it's, people love it's about it. It's the whole it. game. It's the yeah. whole game. Yeah, and it's, having Animal Crossing with all of that absent and just like a poor translator like struggling in half a second to explain why this Japanese pun works is yeah. super funny. Uh, cherries are red, and uh, that was the word for red. So uh, when she makes that noise, that was because um, she's <laughs> saying that it's red. And, yeah. um, <laughs> it's like text filling up the entire screen. Meanwhile, well, a, the etymology a local, a of the word. 
The localizer would have been like, an apple a day keeps a doctor away, which is yeah. like, that's maybe the American version of what she was saying. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. That's, no, that's, that's super uh, worth bringing up. I love I love those, like, little all-according-to-Kikaku moments. Uh, yeah. <laughs> those, those are always fun. I don't watch a lot of anime, so I don't. I don't get them a lot. Um, uh, yeah, I do. I do love Animal Crossing, though. I think I've mentioned it uh, before on the podcast, or if not, I've said it a million times on Twitter. I had a long tweet thread one time uh, about how much Animal Crossing means to me. Basically, the game, um, and I know Alex, you haven't played that much of it or really at all, but um, uh, the game itself, the way it plays out, is it's kind of like a series of little like vignettes and like life admin you're just kind of doing you're just kind of living in the animal crossing world and just living your day-to-day life inside of it um it offers it offers a sense of adulthood and independence where you really have like a lot of freedom and control over your life uh which um both as a child i found important because you know as a kid you kind of just got to do what the adults tell you and what your teachers tell you um and i find also in adulthood you know uh not much has changed um (laughs) uh because we're all wage slaves um but you know uh it's it just offers a really nice escapism of uh getting to do kind of whatever you want and kind of just meander about your day in a very free way um the movie slavishly uh commits to making itself feel like the game um i think to mixed results uh the movie feels kind of directionless sometimes but the things hang out yeah you're exactly right they they kind (laughs) of just hang out and there's like Um, it feels more like a bunch of episodes of like an animal crossing tv show yeah it's a it's very slice of life uh anime type of thing for for those of you who are familiar with that type of genre it's totally that uh you know you have um but the the cool thing about it as a fan of the game is just the little details that make it feel like the game like um like th- there's a moment where uh where one of the animals moves away and it's very abrupt and you feel very sad um for for gay reasons but also <laughs> um <laughs> also because it's like um in the game that's exactly what happens an animal will just move away and all you will get is a blank space where their house used to be and a letter in your mailbox the next day in which they say, I'm so sorry, uh, I had to go do this thing. I had to move away. Um, I couldn't say goodbye. It was too sad. Um, so seeing that in the movie like made me really emotional because I remember specific you know moments of playing the game where that would happen. Um, and just like stuff like that. And it includes all the lazy days just fishing uh, going to see KK on Saturday night and requesting a song. It's 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 probably the best representation of its source material that I have seen a movie on this podcast do. <laughs> and that was worth noting, I think. Yeah, it's a relaxing movie, I think. You know, it's... Um, it, it's really hard for me... I, I think it's very difficult to not be cynical about Animal Crossing or to not make ironic jokes about Animal Crossing um, because it is this sort of, like, very, uh, like, openly positive and, like, relentlessly cute and nice thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that we... 
when my relationship with Animal Crossing has largely been me watching various girlfriends of mine throughout the years play Animal Crossing. I've never really been into playing those kinds of games, but I, I enjoy just like sitting and watching someone else go through it and, you know, seeing all the cute animal characters. I'm pretty, I'm pretty into that. Um, and I remember, you know, years ago uh, with one of my exes, she was very much into Animal Crossing and she was playing it and I was kind of doing the thing that you do, you know? I was, like, making the jokes about how, like, oh, you show up in this weird village and everyone's really nice. Isn't that kind of sinister? Oh, Tom Nook, he's a landlord and he's kind <laughs> of a piece of shit and, like, in this movie, he's a piece of shit. Um, no, for sure, and, yeah. you know, like, oh, yeah, like, oh, there must be something bad about this, you know, is the joke because it's because it's nice and my brain can't just allow it to be. Mm -hmm. And she just looked at me and very genuinely said, no, it's happy. Like, why are you doing this? You know? And like, it was, it like really fucked me up. Um, and like, was one of the things that like kind of pushed me towards this kind of post irony shit that I've been on lately. And, you know, this was you years have been ago, on that lately. but, but yeah. it, it was, it was a seed of that, you know, mm -hmm. um, just the reason that it's so hard to unironically engage with Animal Crossing is, well, for one is just like, we use irony as a self-defense mechanism against looking silly for engaging with something totally ironically. We use irony to, you know, protect our own egos a lot of the time um but also like and and i felt this with this movie super hard like dude when you're really fucking depressed uh watching and playing things that are just like aggressively positive and nice where like things are going really well for people um can it can make you feel worse sometimes uh and I think that, like, a lot of the time for me trying to, like, really unironically engage with Animal Crossing requires me to, like, confront that. Um, and that's really difficult to do. Luckily, mm -hmm. in this movie, uh, it ended up being really gay. And so I focused on that a lot. Uh, and I felt pretty good about that. Um, yeah, you, you were given, you were given an anchor, uh, in, in this movie that, uh, a lot of people might not otherwise have like caught on to, but people like me uh, could have just you know held on to the fact that Animal Crossing is just pure nostalgia. Yeah, uh, and I don't me. have that for this. You know, right. I didn't. I exactly. wasn't really into it as a kid. I played Animal. I rented Animal Crossing from a Blockbuster for like a week and didn't really get into it. And then all of my other experiences with it are like as an adult. So it, yeah, I don't have that yeah. same <laughs> that same experience with it. It, it does. It does seem kind of like a dumb. I mean, lots of games seem kind of dumb if you didn't play them as a child. But this one in particular is like, if you didn't, if you didn't have that sense of like, man, I fucking hate football practice. I'm just gonna come home from that and play this game where I get to just fish 
uh, yeah. and not think about football practice. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if you didn't um, have that, and I totally get yeah, where you're yeah. coming from. Yeah, and I think, like, even without having that, like, this is a really beautiful movie to look at. Um, it is just, mm-hmm. God, it is just so refreshing every time I get to see 2D animated. I'm so glad that this thing was made in 2D. I'm so glad that they didn't do it all up in CGI. It looks so fucking nice. Um, it just works as an it, yeah it just looks beautiful the music is is really like they did the music from the show is in it i always do that the music from the game is yeah. in it i don't know yeah. why i have that um and yeah, also, it's, it's essentially that, the it's, actually, it's the it's this oh go ahead yeah um the the fact that so like kk slider comes out at one point and he yes. like he comes out and he likes you know he says he says some words and he just sounds like a dude and then he starts playing guitar and singing. And when he sings, he sounds like K.K. Slider. Like, he sounds like an Animal Crossing character. <laughs> He's the, it's the only time you ever hear, like, the Animal Crossing noises in the movie. Yeah, he, he starts playing K.K. Bossa Nova. And it's straight up, meh, meh, I wasn't entirely ready for it. Because um, yeah. I didn't remember that that had happened. But, uh, man, that was funny. And also... I, I mean, I was saying this in the pre-show. It's kind of like, it's like how they chose to not give a voice to Link ever uh, because yeah. it would just sound wrong. You can't hear KK singing and then when he sings, it just sounds like Seal or something. <laughs> that, that would just be fun. Or it sounds like John Mayer. It would just be fucked up. Yeah. Um, okay, so there, there's there's one thing I do want to touch on before we uh, before we get into the gay shit, which is where you know that's that's the meat and potatoes here. Um, oh, something yes. that I I kind of don't like about this is that like okay, so like you know the basic setup of it is it, it's fucking Animal Crossing. You know there, there's a there's a there is a villager who is a human who comes in in a taxi to the animal village works for Tom Nook, lives in a house. It's all it's all there. They make make animal friends. It's all great. The main character is like a gr- she's like the female villager. They call her I in this. Um and but like and she's the protagonist and she's who the the story and the and the romance <laughs> are centered around. Mm-hmm. Um but then also there's like a the boy villager from Animal Crossing and he's in it too. And his role in the in the story is to get to do all of the fun animal crossing stuff so that i doesn't get to do all of the fun animal crossing stuff so like he he catches bugs you know he goes like fishing and shit he he gets to climb up a big thing at the end to save the day like he's basically there to like do all of the like adventurous you know outdoorsy animal crossing shit and she, yeah and she doesn't get to do any of that stuff and he's like a completely useless and like not you know important character other than that and i thought that was lame yeah like, he, he gets to he gets to bury the pitfalls and push people into it like that's like part yeah. of the joy of animal crossing yeah she should have just gotten to do that shit it's not that yeah. big of a deal but it sucks the gay shit is a big okay. deal and we're gonna <laughs> talk about it um yeah so so like i said you know you know the gays get we get accused and i feel like lesbians particularly uh get accused of like you know always reading every character is gay uh but like it's it's not it's not even subtext in no. this movie it is just like the the movie it, it is just text like it's just what yeah. the movie is about this is a lesbian romantic comedy um, like the way that it's framed, the way the story is told, like, okay, so I, 
the main character meets Sally. She is an elephant girl. They have they have a fucking meat cute dude. They like you know, <laughs> I is like pushing this really heavy her heavy cart full of Tom Nook's wares that she's being indentured servitude to move. Anyway, I'm not gonna be cynical cynical about Animal Crossing. Yes, gonna, <laughs> yeah, right. It's nice. It's the it's, d- don't mention capitalism challenge. Yeah, the you can't because if you think about it too much, it's bad. <laughs> it falls apart. <laughs> yeah, it really anyway. does. Um, but you know that like they they literally have a meet cute. You know, like the the elephant girl is Sally. She's like pushing the cart, helping her push it. She's like, you know, I'm just stronger. I'm just using that to help out. And I is kind of like making moon eyes at her. And like they make moon eyes at each other throughout this whole fucking movie. There's a part yep. where like they go see KK Slider together, and KK plays Sally's favorite song. And as the her favorite song is getting played she's like looking at sally and like there's like a fuzzy filter around and she's like remembering all the like nice time that they spend together and stuff and like if it were a boy character and a girl character you wouldn't even question that it was romantic like you you wouldn't even like it would be it would again it's text it would just be obvious that that mm-hmm. is what the story is about there's and also <laughs> I, I would even say if it was two boy characters then you would find yourself saying like oh they're gay but it's just yeah. the fact that gal pal gal pal is such a thing that like people don't necessarily see that this is clearly like a lesbian romance. They have an inside joke about cherry pie with each other man god <laughs> and like there's and 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 you know the whole like the 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 like main emotional climax of the film is Sally has to move to the city because she's becoming a designer and she doesn't tell I about it and I finds out secondhand and she thinks that you know Sally's upset with her or something and she walks through the rain and cries and sad music plays and then she goes to the cafe, which is basically a bar in Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. And she sits at the bar. It is, it is the and, bar. And she talks to an older woman about her relationship issues, basically. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's Bianca, the dog, who is, you know, this sort of, like, very high-femme kind of bisexual type. And she, and, and, and she literally, like... You know, she kind of gives I a pep talk about how, you know, she needs to be happy for her friend and stuff. And then she leaves and Bianca's talking to the bartender. And Bianca literally, I swear to God, this is in the fucking movie. <laughs> she says, like, you know, a, a bond between a woman and a woman is something really special. You know, when when there's a bond between two women, you know, they can go forever without seeing each other and when they see each other again you know it's just like they're going right back into it and then she like references her ex-boyfriend apollo and it's just like yeah you know a relationship between a woman and a man just isn't isn't the same way like that yeah which which she's which we certainly know to be true to real life the movie is gay (laughs) the the movie is gay and and it's you know they it's it's not like you know i'm not sitting here like yeah the movie's gay and there's a part where there where i is like oh my god i am a lesbian and i am going to make out with sally because we are both girls and we are gay now but like (laughs) you know if you want to try to argue like oh they're just really good friends they call each other friends 
and she and Bianca calls her a friend and all that. It's like, dude, like the fucking lesbian experience, the experience of being like a young woman who is confused and doesn't understand why she doesn't like men um, is having a really close female friend who you think of as your friend, who you think about all the time, who you are, you know, so (laughs) incredibly close to, and you just keep telling yourself is a really, really good friend. Yep. That, that is, that is the LGBT experience, my dude. I was seen by this movie. (laughs) So like, I am claiming this shit. Animal Dobutsu no Mori is for the lesbians and the heteros can't have it back. And I I feel like any hetero that would like try to fight you on this should really just just defer to this like just defer to to your your sense of like you don't have this shared experience. Like you really just have to trust the gays on this one cuz I I, and, I, I dare don't know. You, I dare you to watch this movie <laughs> with this in mind and not come out feeling the same way. It, yeah, it's that's, framed that that's way. totally like, the thing. Like that it's just the way that they show it. Like it, it, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the cloudy romantic filters around the memories of each other. And like them, you know, looking at one another, it's the way that like, it's the fact that she sends her a fucking letter with a rainbow trim around it, where she explains that she couldn't say goodbye to her because it would make her cry too much. That is gay culture, and I will not hear anything to the fucking contrary. And you anyway, the rest even... of this movie is about aliens. <laughs> it's about aliens, yeah. That... Um, it's... What the fuck happens in the last ten minutes of this movie? So throughout the movie, throughout I, um, you know, living her life in the animal village, yeah, she um, goes down to the beach a few times and discovers notes in bottles that hint that there is going to be a miracle in the sky during the winter, you know, Christmas festival. And, and so that does happen. And it is, you know, a UFO that's looks very shoddily made with clearly not an alien. And it's just, just a guy. He's a, he's an animal and he is uh, wearing an astronaut costume and he comes out and it's like it's revealed later that he was the one who left the notes in the bottles because he wanted to like show off and have a big display uh, in the sky and show off his cool space <laughs> his cool flying machine that he invented. Uh, we don't get too much of an explanation on this dude, but this dude is overshadowed by actual real, you know, fucking aliens <laughs> showing up. And I. There's okay, so you know, in Animal Crossing, that there's the little UFOs that go by. Sure, and and this movie's interpretation of that is that there is an alien race that of shapeshifters uh, who are and they, and it's rendered in CG. Most of the rest of the movie is 2D, except occasionally, you know, they'll you know when they want to, whatever. The point is, is that like a CG UFO. It, it's mid two thousand CG goo is what it is. Comes yeah, down, and <laughs> making another show stopping appearance, um, and like <laughs> it got hit by the other guy's spaceship, um, and it's like bleeding. There's like a scab on it. Yeah, <laughs> like an open um, wound. And then and and then and then I is like in in space. 
and, and a little she, bit, she, and she, she talks to the UFO people. She heals the the wound with love, I yeah. guess, or it heals itself, or does the mothership heal its wound? We we're left with questions, and like you don't in any other movie, it wouldn't be like, oh, we're not we're not gonna analyze the the physics of this, but it's just <laughs> it comes out it comes so out of nowhere. And there's no established suspension of disbelief. The whole thing with the aliens <laughs> only comes up in like the last like ten minutes of the movie, like. The, the conflicts in this movie are like introduced and then resolved in like 10 minute increments and it really does make yes. it feel like this was supposed to be like a mini series or something and then they were like ah make it a movie it's like 70 minutes like i wouldn't be surprised because like the the concept of there being aliens in this movie is like it's introduced in the last 10 minutes and then not really result we don't know what happens it's it's funny because we watched it in parts on vimeo yeah because that was the only place we could find it but like it works better as a as an adventure time style 10 minute show you yeah know? Uh, and, it, and it doesn't it makes sense that it, it makes sense that 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 could have been what it was and it, do, it doesn't really like end the alien thing happens and then the movie just kind of stops like, yeah. <laughs> it just kind of stops happening. Um, so, yeah, in conclusion, it's cute, it's gay, it's a good watch. Don't expect it to make any sense. What do we watch it next week, Mark? That's 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 the perfect uh, summation of this. I'm get, We're definitely going to leave it at that. Um, next week, we're going to subject ourselves to, um, oh, the, to, the ang- to the Angry Birds movie, which is lovingly titled The Angry Birds Movie. Yeah. Uh, from 2016. This is a star-studded cast. Yeah, I've just copied and pasted the list of uh, the, the cast list. Why don't you just we've got ev- these off? We've got every comedian that was big in 2009 and now is more obscure. And also, we probably don't like them. Um, we've got Jason Sudeikis, Jason Sudeikis uh, Josh Gad, friend of the show, um, <laughs> Danny McBride, Maya Rudolph, Kate McKinnon, Sean Penn... Uh, Tony Hale, um, Keegan Michael Key. Um, do you ever feel bad for Keegan Michael Key? <laughs> I can we? I just Jordan Peele is a celebrated director of films. <laughs> Keegan Michael Key is in the Angry Birds movie. Is in the Angry Birds movie. Whatever, um, dude. I bet got... he is fucking laughing all the way to the <laughs> bank. <laughs> Uh, he's fine. Yeah. Yeah. He, he he's fine. Uh, we've got we've got the the Dink himself, Peter Dinklage, friend of the show, making their uh, uh, his uh, second appearance. Yeah, man. That's so exciting. Th- this movie uh, has two of the stars of Pixels in it. Uh, I also hear that the Angry Birds drink piss in this movie. <laughs> um, That's my type or, of movie. <laughs> where can people find the podcast on the internet, Mark? <laughs> Uh, uh, this is a disclaimer. That's not actually my type of movie. I don't like that. Um, uh, not that I keep check that. out Mark's uh, Twitter. <laughs> you can for more. Fo- follow us. <laughs> Fuck. Follow us on Twitter at Cartridge Cinema. Uh, follow Alex at Party Time Shuffle. That's S H F F L. Follow me at Mark Drizzle, iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud is where you can listen to us. Um, you can rate us if you want to be really cool. I think we still don't uh, have any ratings, um, we have, or maybe we, have, we do. I think we have six five-star ratings on, on iTunes right now, oh, which, I think, which I think represents the, the fan base of the podcast well. There's not very many of you, but you're all very enthusiastic about the show, and we appreciate <laughs> yes. that a lot. 
Um, uh, definitely uh, shout outs to the bonus episode we recorded earlier this week. Um, it's going to go down in history as the shortest but possibly most important episode of the show because we really we really planted our flag firmly um, in <laughs> On our... an important issue, yeah. It, it, if you haven't listened to that, uh, that bonus episode, you should definitely check it out. It's a little 13-minute mission statement for the podcast, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I don't know about you, uh, but for me it was Tuesday. 